welcome to conversation number 10 of conversations that don't suck super excited that we are in the double digits finally um today we have libby crow on and before i get into talking about the fabulous human that is libby want to make a note about what is happening in the state of the world right now and there are a lot of things going on with coronavirus depending on where you are your state might be in total lockdown or just having a shelter in place order um as we are having here in san francisco um and things are changing really rapidly and i just want to acknowledge that there's a lot of pain and a lot of confusion a lot of unknown uncertainty happening right now and i'm not sure i have that much to offer in way of new advice um but the one thing that i can offer is that every usually like once a week okay we've all wow hold up we've only been in this shelter in place for um holy fuck it's only been five days in san francisco so i'm getting ahead of myself thinking it's already been like six weeks but Twice this week, I have hosted online connection gatherings, and for those of you that know my work well, you know that I usually host connection gatherings in person, and I facilitate workshops with authentic relating games, connection activities, vulnerability practices, communication exercises, these types of things, Um, and that's what I do for work, Um, and so obviously, we can't do that in person, and we can't have the deliciousness and the reciprocity and the richness of in-person connection and touch and eye contact and feeling one another but uh, we can do our best to have it virtually. Um, It is in no way a replacement. It is no way the same thing, and it can still be really beautiful. So I've been facilitating those, or I have facilitated those twice online so far, and it's been really beautiful, huge turnout both times, which I'm really grateful for, and um, yeah, having some facilitated practices of connection. So I just want to offer that um, if you don't follow me on Facebook, that's usually where I'm posting them. So you don't have to add me as a friend on Facebook. In fact, if we've never met in real life, I'll ask you not to because I'm going to hit delete. But if you um, want to just hit follow on my Facebook, then you can find all of the information there. Um, yeah, and I've been I am going to be hosting more of those in the future. And um, I hope you can join me there. So Today on the podcast, we have Libby Crow, and Libby is a fabulous woman. I started following Libby's work because she used to coach women on food and body image, and years ago, I was really struggling with that, and I started following her work on like Facebook or Instagram or following her blog or something like that, Um, and then I got a chance to meet Libby when she hosted a retreat in Big Sur, and this was like two weeks after I moved to the Bay Area, um, like three years ago. Yeah, yeah, like three years ago. And so, um, holy fuck, no, it was four years ago. I can't believe that. Um, and so, yeah, I got to meet Libby, which was really sweet. And we've stayed connected since then. And she's just a, a amazing. She calls herself the human sparkler, which if you know her is just the absolute most accurate way to describe who she is as a human being. And um, yeah, really grateful that I got to catch up with her and this is really just like a conversation of us like catching up with each other we hadn't spoken in a while and um we get into a lot of good stuff in this episode we get into business and how people perceive us on social media and her relationship with her husband and love and breakups which I mentioned in the episode is something that I was experiencing at the time of us recording this which if you like that then you will love next week's episode so if you want to hear more about heartbreak then I've something really intense coming for you next week. Um, Libby was also a coach of mine. She was my business coach um, also like three years ago at this point and is just so well-versed in the online business world and um, is a really brilliant person. 
Libby is someone who really values self-inquiry and has done a lot of work in getting to know herself and it's always such a treat to talk to her. So I really loved listening back to this episode and getting to learn from Libby. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope you're staying safe wherever you are. Enjoy the episode with Libby. We live in a world that is starved for more authentic connection. Better conversations are our first step in getting there. Welcome to Conversations That Don't Suck. I'm your host, Kyla Sokol-Ward, and I'm here to engage you in truth-telling discussions about the super deep, always beautiful, sometimes ugly, and wholly honest parts of being a human. Real connection and empathic communication can feel easy and should be a part of our everyday lives. Most of our conversations suck. These ones don't. Hi, Libby. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Kyla. I'm so happy and honored to be here. Yes. Wow. So we were just catching up a little and you have just moved from Venice up to up to the Redwoods. Is that right? That's that's right. This Wyoming small town girl who <laughs> who went to L.A., did the thing, is ready for forest <laughs> vibes. So my friends call it the the fairy, the fairyland now. So they, they're mm. excited to come up, snuggle by the fire and be immersed in the redwoods. Different vibe for sure. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What's that been like for you? What's the shift been like? Yeah. So, I mean, when I was called to move from Colorado, first I lived in Wyoming. I grew up there. Then I lived in Colorado for 10 years. And um, when my business was starting to grow and when I was starting to want to connect with different types of people, I moved to LA and I lived on the West side. So I lived in Venice beach, which was groovy and, and nice. Um, and it was really stimulating and I grew a lot. I evolved a lot. My company scaled, like it was, it was a lot of growth in all, in all arenas of life. And, and then I realized how sensitive I was as well through that time and mm. being HSP, like highly sensitive person and just empathic and all the things. It just, the vibration, the frequency, the EMFs, the people, it all started to feel so intense. And so I started yeah. feeling called to, to nature more. And, and so I found this beautiful place to live north of San Francisco. And I'm so grateful we moved a month ago, me, Cooper, my dog, uh, my uh, husband, Scott, my dog, Cooper. And then uh, we also moved up my mom. She has a cute little cottage up here. Wow. We, like to have her, we like to have her close by. Um, so yeah, it, it feels like the rhythm of nature is the rhythm that we're really all supposed to be operating at. Well, at least mm. for me. And so my nervous system is daily just resetting and decompressing. It's so yummy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel my body just like getting nourished, just hearing you say all of that and describe that. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you on the just cities are stimulating places and I love them so much. And also, yeah, it's, it's totally unnatural for the human body. It's yeah, it's really tough over here in any city. That's right. Yeah. I think just coming back to my natural state and more of a natural state of being is really healthy for me right now. I'm also doing a lot of gut healing and hormone healing. And I feel like being in this environment is just adding to that exponential healing too in the body. So yeah, it's, it's very tranquil up here. I'm glad you're feeling the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm also like you, you mentioned your business had scaled a lot while you were living in Venice and that all of that has also had a lot of evolution since 
you and I last spoke and yeah, it seems like just from following your work on social media and whatnot, that things have changed a lot and there's been a lot of growth and shifts and I'm super curious to hear where it's at now and what the vibe is with, with work for you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's quite a mouthful, but in, <laughs> in essence, you know, when I started in business seven, eight years ago, timelines aren't my thing, but around the, that time I had these huge goals. I didn't know anything really about it or what I was doing. And, but I knew that I could achieve amazing things because I saw other people doing it and I thought, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. And what's been interesting and fun and wild is just the journey that I've been on over those years and how often I've pivoted because I've, I'm moved by something else and I desire to share that with people. And, and so in the last couple of years, I grew my business consulting company where I would help entrepreneurs and a lot of personal brands and coaches, people with service-based businesses, I'd help them uh, grow their companies, marketing, sales, and that kind of thing. And I grew that company. And what happened was that I had all this space and time and abundance. And my whole life, I kind of joke that since second grade, I've been stressed out and in survival, but I think it's true. I <laughs> I've just been doing, doing, doing and achieving and feeling significant because of those achievements and all of this. And I got to this place of spaciousness and abundance and time, freedom through scaling the company. And I didn't even know what to do with myself. And my body just kind of shut down. It was like, it was almost like a robot, like, and then I, I was kind of, it was scary because I was used to that ambitious go-getter way of being in the world and with myself. And I was forced through this feeling of burnout to just stop. And it really helped me reevaluate what I wanted, who I am, what success really feels and looks like. And so it's been a journey over the last year and a half. And after experiencing that kind of shutdown um, in, in recalibrating, realigning and keeping things floating and going, but in a different way. So it's, it's wild. We never know what's going to come, you know? And so it's been a lot of ups and downs and learning curves. And now I'm in a, in a place where I am enjoying this spaciousness and abundance and time freedom, where at first it was super uncomfortable because I was used to a jam-packed calendar and more of that masculine essence. And, and now I'm actually embodying more of that feminine and the uncertainty and the flow, which mm. felt almost itchy at first. Like I yeah. felt like I was going crazy because I was, I was used to just having every second being packed with something. So it's been a ride. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for it all. And I'm in this new place now that I feel like is just oh, where I'm meant to be right now. That just, I, I feel like I'm in a Brahmin phase where I'm just up here <laughs> meditating <laughs> and enjoying and downloading truths and it's mm. good. It's a good time, but it's not always a good time. You know, I like to keep it real. It's, it's sometimes a pain in the butt ski and that mucky chrysalis element of becoming a butterfly. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of chrysalis, I'm like, I love hearing you say that there was sort of an element of burnout that got you to make these shifts. And I think a lot of people experience burnout for extended periods of time and still like don't make shifts in their lives either because they don't realize they're burnt out. I, that's probably the biggest one or they realize they're burnt out and they just don't care. Um, and have there been other circumstances in your life where you've gone through 
like rock bottom is a strong word, but we can use that like a rock bottom or just like hitting a breaking point of some kinds that helped you to realize during this sort of burnout phase of your life, like, oh, I like I recognize this. I know what I need to do here. Mm. Yeah, to your point, I think a lot of people are burnt out, but they're in survival. So they don't know any other way. You know, Um, I have so much compassion for for that. Um, This was completely different than any other lower point that I've ever experienced because it was in my body. So in the past, it's been Mm. more so mental or emotional uh, lower points. Like uh, if you Google entrepreneur magazine, Libby Crow, I share a story about an entrepreneur about how I was like at a really low point about a year and a half into starting a business, just so much change. And my dad had passed away and I didn't allow myself or know how to even grieve that. And there was, it was a lot of things that piled on. So it was an emotional low point where this is diff- this was different because my body was saying no my body was saying we just actually can't do anything else today or for like weeks and weeks and so it was a different feeling there was no resonance is like i don't know what to do here which is actually scary because <laughs> i was i was so afraid of like oh my god am i ever going to feel good again am i going to feel mm-hmm. energy again like what am i going to do like thank goodness that my uh, husband Scott is so supportive. And I, one of the lessons there is I had to learn how to receive, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, it was a, a completely new <laughs> low point and, and different color of low points and flavor of low point for sure. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I think that's so important. I think a lot of people don't realize there's so many different ways that like our body, our mind, our heart, our soul is like speaking all the time. And yeah, it's, it's telling us which direction to go in. Um, Oh, wow. Well, beautiful that you, that you heard it and you listened, you did something. It's, Oh yeah. There's so many, so many ways to shift. Yeah. Burnout is wild. I think a lot of achievers, high performers, um, and people doing epic things, you know, their, their vision, their miss, their mission, that's the way that they are. It's, it's, it's cattle. It's a catalyst that they're just always in that growth mode and often exponential growth. And, and it feels good until your body's like, Whoa, we need to balance here. We need to find harmony here. And yeah, sometimes it's not a gentle messenger. Sometimes it's a harsh messenger where your body just says, Nope, we're, we're good. And so I'm really learning to cultivate a more holistic and deeper practice of self-care, teaching other people to do that. And, uh, realizing what's more important than the doing, which is, you know, love and connection and asking yourself what I call the magic question, which is, what do I really need right now? Like, that's important. And and from that mm-hmm. place, then we can create and serve from our overflow, you know? So it's, it's all good. But I tell you, that was a rough patch <laughs> for show. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'm also really curious. I had mentioned just before we started this, this recording that I, I don't, I don't know your husband. I haven't met your husband yet. And I, um, you and I have only, have we, wait, have you and I only met once in person? Is this real? Is this right? Only once at our, at my retreat, like years and years ago. Oh my gosh. In Big Sur. Yeah. Wow. That was in, that was in 2016. What the heck? Oh my gosh. I know. That's actually, I would have been like, yeah, that was three months ago. Nope. It was four I years ago. I feel like we know each other though. I feel like we, I feel like I see you. 
you're, yeah. you're so divine. It's easy to feel connected to you. Oh, thank you. That's super kind. Yeah. It's like social media is also like a funny world because in some ways I feel like I do know Scott and it like social media is this weird tricky thing that I think actually in a lot of ways that are like slightly dangerous like people assume like oh I know what's going on in Libby's life it's like actually I don't like I know what you're sharing and that's really lovely that like I have access to those parts of you that you feel good about sharing but obviously we're all so much more complex than that and it's uh yeah it's hard to go around and be like yeah I know like Libby's in Northern California. That's what's happening in her life. It's like, well, that's one little slice of it, but. Um, oh my gosh. I was just talking about this to my friend last night, Sahara. Mm. I don't know if you know Sahara Rose, but she's a treat. Yeah. Um, but she was over last night and we were all, me, her and Scott were drinking cacao and talking. And we were just mm. talking, not just about what you just mentioned, which is what's actually going on in someone's life, but how every single person is projecting you to be a completely different way. So everyone is just experiencing you how they're experiencing you. So even though I could say the exact same thing, like this is how I'm doing, this is how I am to the exact same way, every single person is going to take that a different way too. So yeah, social media Mm -hmm. is an amplified version of that where everyone probably thinks you're a different person than you are. And it's, and we were talking about the chords that we can feel because of that and just people attached to our experience or projecting into our experience and how much healing and work it takes to hold that as a leader. Um, so I love that. And yeah, I'm down to talk about Scott and our relationship and our marriage because yeah, when, when we were together, uh, and hanging out, I, yeah, he wasn't even, he, I was calling him in. We were in that phase. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Let's hear about that. There's like so many things I want to say about what you just what all of the things you just spilled, but I there we can get into that later and I will hold that note in my head. But yeah, let's hear let's hear about that. Let's hear about you and Scott and everything, oh, anything you want to share there. He is, he is. We were talking actually last night about I wish more people could experience all the different aspects of Scott because he's hmm. so compassionate and kind and loving and generous and caring and brilliant and innovative. Like he's everything. I just I love him so much. So yeah, when I, when years ago, you know, I I dated for 16 years before I found Scott, before we found each other. And I think that's important to note because I really got to know who I am, what I want to attract, who I want in a partner. I got to get specific because I had so many experiences of amazing relationships that were good, but they weren't phenomenal. And you know, the truth is so many people settle for good and I am not one of those people. So I broke up with lots of humans along the way, <laughs> lots of broken hearts of, <laughs> of men. Um, but, but, you know, we, I always believe that everything's, uh, you know, a win-win if you look at it that way. So I learned a lot through all these relationships. And then when I found Scott within, you know, like 30 minutes, it was this magnetic attraction that has never left and only got stronger. But I'll tell you what I did. Want me to tell you what I did? The manifestation practice I did like two weeks before I met him. Oh, let's hear it. Okay. So I was always, I always thought people were being extra when they were really specific about who they wanted, you know, as a partner, I was like, geez, that's like a little greedy or like, you know, like let them just be them Mm. and you attract, you know, but then I thought, 
what? That hasn't been working. Why don't I get really specific? So Mm. I took this brand new notebook and I went to one of my favorite coffee shops and I put on some good tunes in my headphones and I wrote out on each separate page. I think I gave like two pages for each one of these, but I wrote down the four energy bodies. So I wrote mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and I gave myself two pages for each one. And I slowed down and I really thought about all my experiences of dating, about who I am, about what I really need in a partner for someone to meet me because I had the pattern in the past of heroing people. Like I was the hero and I was always pulling them up and teaching them. And I was like, I'm done with this archetype from the drama triangle, um, the hero. I'm going to I'm going to attract someone who meets me, you know? So I got so specific on each of these energy bodies. And so for example, for mental, I wrote down like all of the intellectual qualities that I want in a partner. And I filled pages for each one. Like I got so sharp and specific about it. And I really tuned into what would feel so amazing. And so I did that for each one. And then I met Scott two weeks later and it wasn't even planned. We had like a business taco hangout. And then all of a sudden it was like, And then six months later we Mm. got married. Mm. So it's like, it's wild. Uh, I think when we, when we're clear, I think amazing things can happen. So yeah, it's been, I think marriage to the person that you're meant to be married to, um, and that you don't settle on being married to is the most transformative, uh, just the best container for growth ever. I've learned so much. Scott has a very calm, um, non-reactive cadence. I, he's like a very fluid river where Mm. I am more of that emotional charge and emotional authority where I can go up and down more, um, especially through the month, through my cycle. And so it's nice to have this safe, calm, loving container for me to learn and grow. And, uh, we really meet each other in, in every way. So yeah, it's, I can't say enough. I could do 5 billion podcasts just talking about love and marriage, commitment, <laughs> and being with the person that you're meant to be with. And yeah, so it, that's a little snippet of Scotland and Libby Land. Mm. Oh, that's beautiful. I love, I love hearing you say all this. And I want to, I'm going to name right now that like part of me is like selfishly asking you to, to say all these things. I'm right now I'm in a phase of heartbreak and Mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm always just curious about other people's relationships because I think heartbreak is one of those things that makes us feel like, obviously it's a very, um, very like intense, all encompassing and can be like extraordinarily lonely depending on how you deal with it. I think it's like really lonely by nature, even if you do feel really supported and can be one of those things where like, I, I kind of go between two phases of like everyone else has, is like everyone is boring and they still manage to find a relationship. And like, what the fuck is that? But like, everyone is so lame and then like lame people can easily find each other. And I get really like othering of people in that way. And I ha- like turn on this kind of like mean girl attitude or I'm like, Oh, everyone has a relationship and they're all so perfect. And there's something wrong with me. And I like other myself. So I, I go through these like two sort of phases sometimes when I'm in stages of heartbreak. Um, so it's, it's like beautiful to hear you say these things that like, yeah, there was a long road before meeting this person who really clicked with you and really did feel um, like he fit all of these characteristics that you needed. And it wasn't just this fairy tale in your head, like people who can meet our needs exist. Oh yeah. And you know, I think a lot of how we feel post 
breakup is a, is related to our attachment style. So like I, you know, in the past was pretty avoidant. So every time that I would have these experiences and break up with guys, I just like, I was okay. I was like, all right, on with the next. Like I, I just mm-hmm. was more avoidant and, and later became a little bit more secure where I'd feel my feelings and have more of a conscious dialogue and, or whatever. But, uh, I think that everyone experiences that differently, you know, and uniquely depending on their attachment style. And, uh, so mine have never been like, I never felt like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing ever. I feel alone. I've always like, all right, cool. Now I'm like free to like be with someone that feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I kind of get it because friends of mine have felt like, you know, this feeling that you're feeling. And then I think I'm a weird pickle. Cause I'm like, Oh, I feel so much better now. Like a weight's lifted off my shoulders. <laughs> right. But I'm more of like that feeler clairvoyant where like feeling is everything. So I can just, my body feels the release when a person, whether it's in relationship or not releases from my sphere or from my orbit. It's like my body feels a lightness. Cause I know deep down mm-hmm. it wasn't right. Um, but to your point, for a while there, I started to get nervous that I might not find someone, Kyla. Like I, I was, it was when I turned 31 or around that time. And, you know, people were starting to get married and have babies and all mm-hmm. this. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm weird. I'm evolutionary. I'm quirky. I'm like a lot of things. Like, is this person really out there? And I started to have for the first time in my life, these fears that maybe my person wasn't out there. and. Um, but then I just thought I, I would, uh, I would reassure myself by thinking, okay, if I exist and I'm all these things, including weird. And like, I, I just was always like, I'm pretty, I hope someone weird comes along, you know, where I can fart in front of them, <laughs> pick my nose and like flick it across the room in front of, and they don't think that's gross. Like I was <laughs> thinking of all these little things that like, if I exist, that person has to exist. There's so many humans. Of course this person exists. So I had to kind of reassure my mind of like, Yes. Like, okay. If I'm a person and I have these quirks and these qualities for sure, someone's going to love them. Okay. So I got into this phase sometimes of feeling a little hopeless, but it wasn't until like my thirties. And I think it was because I started to get nervous of, oh my gosh, what if one day I want to have a baby? And what if I don't Mm -hmm. meet that person until I'm like 60, which I was always fine with, by the way, I was like, yeah, I'll adopt a child or I'll figure it out if I really want one, but I'm never going to settle on someone. So maybe I'll meet the person when I'm 60 or 70 and and that'll be like the most blissed out time of love. So Mm. I kind of went in these cycles too, like with what you're saying where I'm like, um, all right, I'm good on the lessons of relationships. Like, but there's still more, you know, so I had to trust that like, wow, I really did to it did need to gain more tools in order to, to meet who I was supposed to meet. Not that you have to like be some perfect picture, perfect healed person to attract your love of your life. I think that's BS. Um, but more so like, Oh, I was meant to learn a couple more things and be on my path more and come into myself more. And that's all, that's all divine. And I'm grateful. So I don't know. That's my, I don't know if that makes you feel a little ease in your heart, but that for me was my, my journey. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think there's so much, um, I agree. I think there's a lot of like kind of dangerous dialogue out there around like you have to fully love yourself and be perfect in all these ways. And then you meet your person. It's like, aren't we all just kind of constantly working on that? Like that's kind of a bummer if you like one day just master it and there's like no more growing left. Like (laughs) that's such a funny thing, isn't it? It's such a facade. It's like, um, no one would ever feel love then because yeah constantly working on ourselves and loving ourselves and 
And so, yeah, I, I thought that that was true for a while. And I was like, mm. oh my gosh, I have to be all healed and all amazing to attract this person. Like that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And then I realized that that's BS. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But I think it is important that you, you have some kind of foundation for knowing, you know, what you want, knowing how you deserve to be treated, loving yourself, but it doesn't have to be like you mentioned this like dangerous picturesque thing. That's it's like, Oh, that's so limiting. You're not going to attract someone if you feel, feel that way for sure. Yeah. 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 Constantly just fixing ourselves and all of that. Um, Mm, yeah, yeah, that is all beautiful and and helpful to hear. And I I'm hearing like part of what you're saying of like thinking um okay like got it good with the lessons like thank you universe check like can you just send me my person now and like having to really stay <laughs> humble with like ah uh, okay yeah more to learn I guess and that that's a big thing I've been feeling with with this particular heartbreak is like. Like, what the F? I already learned everything. Like, I'm done. Thank you. Like, please just like, can we stop all of the lessons? I'm done with the lessons. And um, yeah, and probably really only more recently feeling like, okay, turns out I wasn't done. And there's more to learn. (laughs) You know what else I've noticed too? The difference between being with Scott and these other relationships that I was in is that the body and our intuition, I feel like really actually knows, but we overwrite it because we try to justify things and feelings. Mm. And so for example, 99.999999% of every interaction and experience I've ever had with Scott, it's pretty much a hundred has been, it just feels so good. I feel so comfortable. I'm not self-conscious. It's like all the good things. But then when I actually look back, I'm like, wow, I think 80% of the time I felt that way with these other people or 50% or 90%. And so I think we justify our intuition and these feelings that are guiding us. And it's like, that's what I've noticed for me. And, and when I really look back at these relationships, I think to myself, I didn't feel fully comfortable and I was kind of buffering myself mm. or, or, wow, I did. I didn't feel fully loved and seen in these situations. And so I think the body knows we're just Mm. justifying it or thinking like that this is a normal thing to feel, which sure in every relationship, there might be times where you're not feeling great, obviously, but I got to say, there's something about me just always feeling loved, seen, comfortable, um, that high of a percentage where my body just knows. So I think that was part of my lesson too, is trusting that comfort feeling and that love feeling. I don't know if that resonates, but when mm-hmm. I think back, I'm like, ah, I think I probably knew intuitively and I just stuck it out for the lessons I guess I needed to learn, <laughs> but um, we're wise. Our body is wise. Mm. What do you think were some of the ways like looking back that you weren't getting fully seen or loved or something or were there patterns or was it kind of just different person to person? Yeah. Well, you know, everyone that I was in relationship with, they're, they're their own person. They have their own beliefs. They have their own ways of being in the world. And so part of it was just a resonance, you know, like I, I believe anything's possible. Like I'm a manifester, like I'm a businesswoman. Like there was, I come with a lot of pizzazz, you know what I'm saying? And, um, (laughs) so I think that can bring up things in other people. I think that, um, when other people are maybe even on that journey too, they might feel uh, insecure. Like they want to be in the spotlight. Like there's so many dynamics. 
in general. Uh, I can't say that they were all the same, but, but what I noticed in these subtle moments is that I know how I want to feel safe. I know how I want to be talked to. I know the depths of conversations I want to have. I, I know that I desire someone to be open and curious about evolution and, and mindset. So more so it was like these subtle moments that would happen in relationship where I would feel like, hmm, that, that doesn't vibe or that mm-hmm. doesn't fit with me. And not that, not that I'm not saying that you and your partner have to agree on everything and be in resonance with everything. But for me, I found that those little things do add up because that's the way that the person sees the world and themselves. And uh, so even though it's subtle, eh, is it really so subtle? Because it it adds up into your life, you know, with someone. So yeah, that wasn't that specific, my bad, but it's just, I notice it's just in the subtleties that we can find more information about if something feels right. Yeah. Wow. 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 And I think, like you said, like we're finding ways to, to justify those things. And it's, I mean, it's hard, you know, I have a lot of compassion for myself and for other people around this because we're taught that on the one hand, it's like a perfect person exists. And then we know more logically, it's like, no one is perfect. And, um, (laughs) that, you know, of course your partner is going to have flaws. You're not going to agree on everything. And it's hard to know. It's like, at what point do the flaws become deal breakers? And like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know the freaking answer to that. That's my biggest challenge in relationship for me is just like, how imperfect is too imperfect. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I started doing? This might be basic, but it helped me is because I was having this same thing. Like, and I had to look at a bird's eye view and I thought to myself, how happy am I every day? How much mm-hmm. love do I feel every day? So I started taking notes in my calendar and I actually used my, my period app because I use this app to track my cycle. And I just put it in there, um, as like a mood because I didn't want, mm-hmm. you know, whoever I was dating to see this, this like tracking system that I was doing. So I felt awkward, uh, like, Oh, hi, I'm just tracking how I feel inside every relationship. Every day. <laughs> yeah. So I used my period tracker and every day at the end of the day, while I was getting ready for bed, I would tune in to how I actually felt about the relationship. Like, do I feel uplifted? Do I feel sad? Do I feel, you know, separate? Do I, whatever I felt, I would write it down. And I started to track. And when I noticed a pattern of like, wow, it's like every other day or every third day, I actually don't feel so good about the relationship. I, it started to bring to my awareness that I need to have conversations. So I'd have conversations about it. And then if those didn't go so well, I would track that. And I'm like, huh. So I, I, I had to use like and see data almost of, because we can convince ourselves that things are okay so easily because these, the brain just wants to remember these happy moments, you know? So in the mm-hmm. past before meeting Scott, that's what I would do. And then I'd like see this data in front of me where I couldn't, I couldn't escape the data. You know, I was like literally written down for months <laughs> and I was like, I think this isn't serving me anymore, you know? So I don't know if that sounds wacko or super cool or basic or whatever, but for me, I started doing that and it helped me discern because I didn't have those skills. I, I always just wanted to see the positive and the happy moments and, mm-hmm. and yet my soul didn't feel so good. So I knew there was a disconnect. So I had to use the data to kind of guide me. Oh, I love that. That makes my type A brain like feel so safe. I, I love that system. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, at the beginning of my marriage too, I'll say we had a growing season, but we, we got help. You know, we are all about 
um, whether it's in our relationship or personally receiving support, whether it's with hypnotherapy or a therapist or a coach or a mentor or going to a cool retreat or whatever experience it is. And so we had support through whatever third party, a therapist or whatever that helped us communicate, that helped us learn how to be there for each other. And so we did have those moments where I was like, Oh, this is a little hard, but it didn't last long. It lasted maybe three hours or something. So I, mm. I never got to that point of having to use my little calendar method to track because it would, it would dissolve because of the love was there. So it was like, I do, does someone want to be right or attached to the mm-hmm. thing that happened or does someone want to love? And it was always like, we turn to love faster than we turn to the ego. And, mm. um, so that I just wanted to say that too. In the beginning, we, of course, every relationship, but we got support, which created what our therapist called a stable dance floor to dance on so that if we slipped or if we fell or if one of us couldn't catch the other during, during a move, um, we had that stable dance floor to land on. And so that was really helpful too. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I want to go back to one of the things that you had mentioned earlier in the conversation of social media and and not just through social media, but of people just perceiving us in certain ways, which, you know, just Mm. through their own filters of whoever they are and what they're going through. What, like, what is something that you think most people get wrong about you? (laughs) Well, I'm, I'm so grateful because I got to tell you when people meet me in real life, they're like, you're like, you are online. It's so refreshing. That's great. One of the best compliments I think you could ever get because the worst, like I've had experiences, you know, when I started my business, I used to, used to idolize people or put people on pedestals that I thought were so cool. And I would meet them in real life, real life. And it was the most bummer situation ever. Mm-hmm. Like the people were just not nice or unkind. And I was like crushed. And so <laughs> I always am grateful that I get the compliment that I, that I am as, as I am. Um, but here's what I think people don't know is that I have this pretty um, queen like power to me, this like don't F with me power. And I think that online, I'm often in my essence of love and kindness and inspiration and philosophy and sharing and teaching. And, and I have this don't mess with me spice, hardcore vibe happening that's just in my essence. It's not in the words I say per, per se. It's just, it's just, I, I hold myself in, I, I, it's like a invisible boundary of, you probably wouldn't want to say that to Libby. You know, she mm. might cut you. Just kidding. I'm not going <laughs> to cut anyone. But um, <laughs> it's funny because last night we were talking about it again, going back to our little conversation around it with a couple friends and, and they were like, you're like a peach. You're like so soft and yummy and juicy, but inside is like a hardcore where you don't mm. mess with you. You don't want to bite into that. <laughs> mm. Break <laughs> and, your and teeth. I like and so I, yeah, I think that's something that people don't maybe realize. What about you? What do you feel like people might not realize? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, it's funny cause I, I don't know if this is like the world's, um, lack of exposure to like true vulnerability, but mm. a lot of people like, okay, just for instance, like a few weeks ago, I was like at a, a gathering with some friends and someone gave me a hug and he said, how are you? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. And he was like, gosh, you know, you're always so honest. And I'm like, really? Because I just spared you like a very long explanation of how I'm actually doing. 
And I was like, that was, I was like, that was my surface level. Give it like, I really gave you my surface level right there. And like, I did not go deep with you in that moment. But, um, Mm. I think like a lot of people perceive me as very naturally vulnerable, which I am. I'm very comfortable being vulnerable with people if I feel safe to do that. Um, and, and I can often like create that safety for myself even. But I think one thing that people kind of miss is like, how terrifying it is also like at the same time it's like but I'm not afraid to be terrified if that makes sense and um yeah I think a lot of people like assume that sharing the way that I do or talking about myself and the world the way that I do is something that um just doesn't feel scary and for me it feels easy but still terrifying and um yeah and that that's something that actually I think there feels like there's a bit of like kind of a gap that needs to be nourished, like for that to just get acknowledged of like, what you're doing is really scary. And like, how you're sharing this is like, you know, might make someone feel really terrified. And I just want to acknowledge that. And I love that you're being brave. And I think like the bravery aspect is something that kind of gets missed sometimes with people. Mm. Yeah. It's like the, the commitment to vulnerability outweighs the commitment to fear of, of judgment or projection Mm. or, you know, I, I love that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I think a lot of people don't know what to do with it. Like, oh my gosh, someone just actually told me how they felt when everyone's so used to being light and like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So it's it could be almost jarring for some people and it could be such a pathway for people to feel like, oh, that's my permission slip. I'm going to go home today and tell someone that I love exactly how I feel because this mm-hmm. person on the internet or this person wherever at a party or whatever just did and yeah actually, that was nice to to have the truth. So I, I think that's great. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's helpful to see it as like a commitment, like you said. And it's, I mean, you know, the same thing with the relationship. It's like, it's not going to be perfect and easy and flowers all the time. And like you do it anyway, because you're committed to doing it. And like, great. And that kind of, and that does make it easier when it's like, well, I just already decided that I'm going to do it. And so I'm doing it. Yeah. I dig that. I want to ask you a series of some like lightning round questions that I have for you. And Um, I also just want to say, I loved talking about love with you. um, Like we did, because I feel like I don't talk about it a ton, but people always ask me to talk about it. So I'm, (laughs) I'm so grateful that we took some time to just kind of dive into our experiences and our journey with it. Um, it's so, it's so good. So, okay. I'm ready for the lightning round. Mm. I just wanted to acknowledge the thanks for taking the space. Cause I think it can help a lot of people to hear the stuff that we, we shared. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, actually before I dive into those lightning round questions, um, I would love for you to tell all the people listening where they can find out more about you and all of the magical things you're putting out into the world these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, everything's at Libby Crow, L-I-B-B-Y-C-R-O-W, like the bird. And (laughs) Instagram, my website, I have cool blogs. I have a podcast that's also epic um, called Behind the Dream. We're in our second season. It's about uh, wellness and vitality and longevity for season one and season for season two. And season one is about success and entrepreneurship. And uh, it's so good. So that's, mm. that's where I'm pouring a lot of my energy in right now. But yeah, it's everything's Libby Crow. It's cool to be in Libby land. <laughs> everything's Libby Crow. Love that. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, let's see here. Actually, funnily enough, the first question is what is something that most people assume about you, which we've sort of already covered. But if you think there's a different answer for that with the word, like assume, um, sure. Yeah. Is there something you know, new there? 
I'm so sensitive to everything and it's such a superpower uh, because my discernment is so sharp. And um, I think a lot of people don't realize how much I think and feel about things. So I think people assume that because I've achieved a lot and because I am ambitious and a leader and all these things that I might not be that peachy part as much. And I really am like so sensitive to all the things. So uh, I think that's something that people might not know about me or assume mm-hmm. wrong. Love that. Um, what is something that you would like to be acknowledged more for in your life? Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation is like my fifth love language. So it's not high on my no. bar. <laughs> um, so I'm like, uh, I'd rather spend quality time with someone than be affirmed. <laughs> but um <laughs> Let me think here, acknowledge, probably for being strong when I was younger for my parents and Mm. with my dad and his alcoholism, like something around childhood. And I was so strong and I dealt with a lot. And uh, I think we can all be acknowledged for what we kind of go through in childhood a lot more. So yeah, something around, something around that and being strong and resilience and doing my best with, with everything. Mm, Beautiful. What do you think most people learn from you? I think it depends on what season of life I was in, but right now I feel like people are really learning to slow down from me. And, you know, people keep DMing me on Instagram, like, Oh, I feel so calm listening to your stories. And I feel Mm. so good listening to your podcast. So it's like this yummy, good, slow down. Let's just be present thing that I think people are, are learning right now. Mm, Awesome. And lastly, what is one of your favorite questions to ask other people when you're getting to know them? Mm. (laughs) Well, superficially, I love to know someone's Enneagram because I'm so, Oh my goodness. I just love it. I'm like, what's your Enneagram? What's your, I feel like a little recorder. I feel like this a whole Enneagram is in the spotlight right now, you guys. And, oh, yeah. and I'm not sad about it. So I'm a two <laughs> wing. And so what are you? I'm a four five wing. Oh yeah. I, I have a lot of fours in my life, actually. Fours um, like tend to be entre- entrepreneurs. I feel like, like this is not uncommon. You know, and a lot of sevens are entrepreneurs, but fours mm-hmm. are fours are like this artist vibe that I'm so into that I love having around me because it evokes that in me. So that's so funny. Uh, but anyway, that's like a superficial <laughs> question. And of course, like the magic question, like I, it's a spinoff of what do you really need right now, which I think is so important to ask ourselves and ask others. But the, the thing that I've been really focused on asking people is how can I support you right now? And I've realized that in my time in LA, I built this sisterhood and this community around support where we really do support each other. And I never had that until the last couple of years. And so that's, I think, a question that feels really good to ask people and good when we're asked that, how can I support you right now? So that's, that's one of my faves along with the good old Enneagram. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Yeah. I think like asking the question of how I can support is someone just asked me that the other day. And I said, you know, just you asking that question and not assuming that you already knew the answer, which is what most of us do. It's like, we're trained to like, you know, give this person advice and tell them what they need to know. And it's like, we don't know what they need to know. And we have to ask them and they know what they need. And we have to like seek out that wisdom from them. Um, so I love that. That's so beautiful. Mm. Yes. Well, Libby, I'm so happy that we got to catch up in this way. This is so special. And you always bring so much just 
joy and wisdom and sharing and pizzazz as you put it this is this is like really a perfect word for you pizzazz um yeah and I'm, I'm so grateful we got to catch up and so grateful to have you in my life and that being in big sur together brought us brought us together for the the beginning of a journey me too and i love the angle that you're taking on the podcast and how it's real and raw and conversations that i think um, people will really benefit from hearing. And I just think you're a light in the world and I love you so much. And I'm so grateful for this conversation as well. Thank you so much for having me on. Mm, I love you too. Have a beautiful rest of your day. And hopefully we'll run into each other in the Bay sometime soon. That's right. We'll make it happen. Beautiful. All right, there you have it. That is episode 10 with Libby Crow. Definitely check out her work and all of the amazing things she has going on. Be on the lookout for my episode coming out next week. I have something a little different to share with you and something very personal to share with you. And I'm a little nervous. I'm more than a little nervous. So be on the lookout for that. Sending you lots of love. Stay safe, stay healthy. Mwah.